And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of your favorite celebrities. This is Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. I want to welcome all those now listening to Gold Mines. You already know what we do. We get inside the minds of amazing individuals, and today will be no different. Holy shit! See? Energy. I gotta say, man, this is an individual that I truly, I truly respect. I respect and I watch closely. A multi-hyphenate. There's a lot of people that want to be one, but there's not a lot of people that do it correctly. And a multi-hyphenate is a person that has somehow mastered the art of doing so many things while falling under the umbrella or perception of one. He is a entrepreneur, he is a businessman, an ecosystem, and at the end of the day, a clear definition of 305. Ladies and gentlemen, please make some noise for Pitbull on Gold Mines. Come on. I'm calling all my freaks. Mr. Worldwide. I'm all my freaks. This for the freaking ladies. living legend now rogers on uh freak out so that was called freak 54 jesus christ well you know why it's called freak 54 tell me why because he was supposed to go to studio 54 back in the day grace jones had invited him and when he went out there they basically told him to fuck off you know so when they told him to fuck off he went back to the uh, the apartment with the uh, the bass player i believe it was mm-hmm. Band member, and they started playing ding, 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 ding. Fuck off. Fuck Studio 54. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck Studio 54. <laughs> so, due to him not getting in the Studio 54, Basically, he told Studio 54 to fuck off and go fuck yourself. Biggest record that he's had in his career. So, it goes to show you. No problems, just solutions, baby. You know, I want to start off, A, by giving you your flowers. And then I'm going to get into the dope questions. Flowers. And I think we'll get into the dope energy, man. You know, we're still talking about you being in a studio. We're still talking about you producing, creating music. And we're still obviously watching you have a clear passion for the thing that you do. Yes, sir. After being in the business for so many years. How, how many years are you in now? 22 years. 22 years. Yeah. 22 years, and I can say a lot of success. Achieved Been very, very years. blessed. And I would say to anybody out there that wants to get into the business, number one, do it because you love it. Yeah. Uh, number two, and if you can stay humble and above all the bullshit out there, I promise you, then you will have a long career. But just know that living is given, and anything you get your hands on, if you could help out your community, your culture, your people, then... That's the gift that keeps on giving. So well, I feel that's why I've been in it for two decades and some change. I think my first question is simple, man. It's like, it's very hard to still have the passion, mm-hmm. right? Like we do what we do. We're supposed to love it. A lot of us do love it. But after doing it for a duration of time, sometimes you got to discover and find or redefine that love. For oh, yeah. you, it's very clear like that it's, it's present. How do you keep your passion attached to the craft? This is Gold Mines, hosted by Kevin Hart. We return to Gold Mines, hosted by Kevin Hart. How do you keep your passion attached to the craft? Well, I mean, when you wake up every day and, and, and you challenge yourself. Right? There was a time in my career where people, you know, I'd be in Little Havana and they'd run up on me in the corner and be like, man, Pete, Chico, you done sold out because I reinvented myself. And I said, damn right, I sell out. And I sell out every motherfucking arena, mm-hmm. every goddamn stadium mm-hmm. I go to, mm-hmm. anywhere I go because... Sometimes people don't understand growth. 
And I read one the other day. Actually, someone told me one the other day. He said, you can't be committed to your growth and your bullshit at the same time. Wow. Right? So a lot of folks, they're committed to their bullshit acting like they're growing so they don't understand it. So for me, example, like in the late 2000s, I want to say like around 2007, that's when I started to throw the suits on, started doing more global music. Because, yeah, we did music for the block, music for the city, and you fall in love with that, but you got to grow, you got to evolve. So when I throw on the suits and all that, that's something that I always wanted to do because that's what I grew up around. Mm. Those are the guys that I saw in the neighborhood that were coming up. And those were entrepreneurs at the same time, just a different product, but they were entrepreneurs. They mm -hmm. had startup companies. Mm -hmm. you know? Product just happened to be cocaine. Well, why are you playing around? <laughs> why are you playing around? Uh, when yeah. you look at the ecosystem or the business that was built off of that and the level of hire or the reason for attachment to, um, those were some of the best definitions of structure that we were able to see firsthand Correct. because of what we grew up in and what we grew up around. And and those, the ones that I respected the most, the ones that kept it low, kept it quiet, they were under the radar, and then they find a way to legalize themselves, mm -hmm. whether it's opening a dry cleaning shop, landscaping shop, construction company, and next thing you know, 10 years, 15 years, you're out of the game. And, and now you're perfectly legal, which I feel every major family in the United States of America or maybe around the world, you know, had to started one way or another in something getting their hands dirty. I mean, I, I'm involved with NASCAR because it's one of the best negative depositors. They started bootlegging and, and moonshining. Mm. That's how, you know, they started. Mm. So, I know the true story. So therefore, yeah. now look at what they are, one of the biggest sports in the world. So I feel that if you own where you come from, if you don't know where you're from, you don't know where you're going. Okay. And if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. So that's why I always represent Miami the way that I do. And I try to represent it at a level where... You don't have to like me, but you will respect me. Mm. You have no choice at this point but to respect you. By the way, you're full of amazing metaphors. There's, there's a couple people that I talk to, uh, and they <laughs> leave me with fucking words. <laughs> like, they, they leave me with words. Like, you know, just now, your statement, you know, geared towards your shit versus your bullshit. And, you know, just the difference of elevation, but you giving it a through line of simple accountability. Right. Uh, my big question for you now is, as you stand in the position of like, OK, wow, I've done what I'm doing. I love the thing that I'm doing. And the 305 is what I represent. Yes, there's now a there's now like a passion towards the discovery of more. And it's past music for you. Where did that shit come from? Who lighted that flame for you to look past the music side and start to understand how many other things there was available? So with that said, the reason that I'm able to put together lines, obviously, it'd be a, it's a part of my career. But I grew up where we were raised off what we call dichos. Dichos is where they can give you a life lesson in basically a sentence. So, dime con quien tu anda y te digo quien tu eres. Tell me who, you know, tell me who you roll with, I'll tell you who you are. That's I know what you said. There you go. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I come with subtitles, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, pasos corto, vista larga, which is short steps, long vision. Lo barato sale caro. The cheap is always going to end up being more expensive. Mm. Things like this, is just, so you live your life by it, and you know when you, when you fucked up, you can apply one of those lines to it, and you know, you called yourself out on your own bullshit, let's mm -hmm. just say. So that's how I learned how to phrase, uh, I would say, Moments and sayings like that. As far as where the fucking passion comes from, it comes from my family, and I know what they gave up in order for me to be able to enjoy the freedom of the United States of Let's America. Let's get into it. Let's unpack you it. Know? And my grandmother was a rebel in Cuba. She was in, in something called La Sierra Maestra with Castro. My aunt, eh, Tia. So it's Abuela Guga and Tia Nena. And then you have Abuelas La Capitana, and Tia was La Mensajera. La Capitana is the, the woman captain. Mm -hmm. 
And then my aunt was the messenger at that time. So you're talking, you're up there with Castro, Che, Camilo, and they figured out that it was the wrong decision. It was the dream that was sold to them about what Cuba was going to be. And when she saw what Castro did in, in the mountains, in the jungle over there in Cuba, she said, we got to find a way out. So the way they found a way out is this thing called Peter Pan, Pedro Pan. That's how my mom came over to the United States of America at 10 years old. So she went from Cuba to Indiana. And I'm a parent. I have a gang of kids. I love them all with everything that I got. Ride for them, die for them, kill for them, you name it. I don't know what it is to be able to have to send my kid to another country. I don't know where you're going. I don't know who you're going to be with. I don't know the language, but I know you're getting the fuck out of here and you're going to be in freedom. That's why I appreciate every opportunity because of what my grandmother did and what my mother went through, what my father went through. He, what they call is the Anas La Lodo in Cuba is a lottery. And the lottery is you don't win no money, but you win the most priceless thing in the world, freedom. Freedom, yeah. Right? So like I tell people all the time, look, freedom isn't free and freedom can get ugly because it's worth fighting for, but freedom is priceless. Mm. So I wake up with that passion every day and... I represent for Abuela, I represent for Tia, I represent for all those around the world that are just, that'll do anything to have a piece of what we have, you know? So to me, every day is an opportunity. You know, I don't know if people know that about you. I don't know how many do. I know damn sure I didn't. Yeah. Um, you definitely gain a different level of respect for somebody when you understand their true foundation and upbringing, right? For you, of course, your respect for what you now have or the road that you took to get it, um, there's a different energy attached to it. Correct. Because of what those that were closest to you had to go through for you to obtain what you now have gotten and what you're now able to do. Um the family identity, was it, of course, your grandmother, your mother, your father? No brothers, no sisters? Yeah, I got brothers and sisters. I'm the only one uh, between my, my father and my mother. I have brothers and sisters. And I have a brother that, you know, may he rest in paradise. But uh, I didn't really grow up with anybody. That's why I would say a woman is what made me a man. So the most powerful people in my life were women. I wail out the I mean, my, mom, my mommy, my mother, my sister. And... Growing up in Miami in the 80s, like I was telling you, who I was looking up to was certain entrepreneurs, but that was my environment, and mm -hmm. that's all I knew. So those were my goals as a kid. Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to get in the game in one way or another and become successful. So I took the same thing that I was raised around, the passion, the respect, the general principles. And then as far as learning what I learned in the neighborhoods, which I've lived in good neighborhoods, bad neighborhoods, worse neighborhoods, ugly neighborhoods, you name it. And I applied that same hustle to the music business. Because it's the same hustle, just different product. And those who survive in it are the ones that don't fall for the vanity, the narcissism, the bullshit, which is why I tell people all the time, technology, utilize it, don't let it use you. But that'll amplify your bullshit. That social media shit, I mean, that's like the new crack, the way I look at it, mm -hmm. right? But if you utilize it, it's different. Mm -hmm. And there was a difference between the guys that were selling crack and the ones that were doing crack. <laughs> I could I, I have been clearer in seeing that somebody had a street background in my life. Pitbull <laughs> is a clear product of where he has come from. He's using the word product. Don't do this. Package it right, because I tell you what it's going to do. Right, listen, there's, a, there's a lot of great through lines in what you're saying, and I'm picking up everything that you're leaving down. Here's my biggest question now. It's like, how did you get the music? Right? Like, coming through that, it's like, well, where did music Music present itself. Where did the idea of singing, rapping, etc., where did that come into play and when? 
So my father used to take me to the bars in Little Havana in, in La Calle Ocho, and he'd put me on top of the bars and he'd make me recite Jose Mati poems. Jose Mati is one of the biggest, I would say, leaders of Cuba. Okay. You know, that fought for freedom, died for freedom. But he had all these poems about fighting for freedom, dying for freedom, about a real relationship, friendship, what it means. So I was about five years old when he threw me on the bar and I would say that to everybody at the bar, but then I saw how powerful words are. My mother would always tell me the pen is mightier than the sword. And as I got into music, it's because I ran into hip hop. And that's what I've always loved about hip hop. You know, hip hop isn't a black, white, pink, purple, Latin, Asian, Jewish, Scottish, you name it. it hip hop brings everybody together because whoever's struggling relates to it. At least at that time, the records that I was listening to was my therapy, which were, you know, Nazi-O-Matic, uh, Biggie's Ready to Die, Snoop's Doggy Style, Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. And these, like the same way people read books and it changes your life, these were albums that changed mine. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Trick Daddy, clearly. And when you're listening to that, the only thing that we all wanted to do through these records was escape. Escape. And what's the passport for anybody that's coming up? Money. Mm -hmm. So the only color that we really all related to and wanted was green. Mm -hmm. And through that is how I got into music, but I also learned that it was music business. So in, in our industry, half of the people don't know music and half of the people don't know business. <laughs> Have no business in music. What is this? All right, that, that, it's real shit. And people that have put in my life, example, uh, Luther Campbell, Uncle Luke, Two mm -hmm. Life Crew, one of the most successful folks in music, ran into what, what he ran into. But man, that man went and fought the Supreme Court for the First Amendment and Absolutely. the freedom of speech. Yeah. So there's nothing bigger than you can do than that, no. right? coming from where we come from. So I got the chance to learn from Luke. Opened up the door. He opened the door. He gave me my first music contract was Luke. I got a chance to go on tour with him and learn the do's and don'ts. Then from there, you know, I had a Diaz Brothers. I had Little John, which we just had a record that came out called Jumpin'. And Little John was one of the first ones to really believe in me. And mind you, one of the first ones to tell me, you need to rap more in Spanish than you do in English. Because that's the wave that's coming. So he saw it. Before And it was just Being able to learn From everybody around And again There's some people You learn from You're like man I really love what you do Right there But I never treat people Like that So you mm -hmm. learn The positive things To take from them And apply to Whatever your Method system Or formula may be For success Would you say at that time That the That the Luke Um the Luke relationship The Lil John relationship Did they act as like Some of your best Just from a for lack of a better word, mentorship. Like, who acted as your guide or the directive sources for you to in make the, those in, decisions? In the music business? Yeah, in the music business. I'd have to say it was, it was those two, Lil John and Uncle Luke. Wow. Definitely. As far as in life, I had a friend of mine that believed in me, and you know me, he rest in paradise as well. But his name is Eduardo Hidalgo, Eddie. And, you know, Eddie's favorite slogan was, anytime I get nervous, anytime I'm like, man, I don't know about this, his favorite slogan was, oh, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to lose, Pablo. Dale. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. So I got fuck it right here on my, on my wrist. <laughs> Anytime I feel a certain way about something, I say, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> I love the fact that you can, you know, go and, of course, look back in the time, see those that were most important to you, that were influential in your career. Now, as a pioneer, as somebody that's, you know, has been and has done so much Thank in this you. business. How do you feel about the way that you're received? Because the market, especially within, you know, your quote unquote Spanish market, like the 
elevation of artists and uh, the global phenomenon that a lot of these artists has become, you've acted as the through line for a lot of that bandwidth, right? You were first to bat for a lot of the bigger side of the business that presented itself today. What's the relationship between you and them? All right. So remember, we're living in a new era now. Mm-hmm. And the era I come from is the more you grow, the quieter you are. Because if you love something, you protect it. This era is, I ain't got shit and I'm gonna act like I got it. Mm-hmm. The, the slogan out there is fake it till you make it. I never believed in that shit, never. But I studied the ones that opened the doors for me. Mm-hmm. And that was Emilio Stefan and Gloria Stefan. Mm. And what Emilio and Gloria did, not only in music, being multicultural and crossing over, because they did it in English and Spanish, mm-hmm. but they built an empire in business. So I studied Emilio and what they were doing, and I would always ask for advice from them. So when it comes to the newer generation that's coming up, I wish everybody the best, and I'm very proud to be in that position. But I have spoken to, I wanna say, 95% of them, and every time I try to give them advice, they go and do the total opposite of what the fuck I just told them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? So for me, in life, it's real simple. The most powerful thing in life, love. Love is the most powerful thing in life. But the most valuable thing is time. You know, if you're going to waste my fucking time, then I ain't got time to give you advice. Mm. So that's, I watch it, and on a lot of them, the jury's out. I'm going to say, man, I, I really hope that, that you learn quick because this is happening fast. We're living in a society of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Not now, right now. I want to think about it, and it happens. You know, you come in, and you're cleaning the bathrooms at a building, and the next thing you know, you're like, hey, how come I'm not CEO the next day? You're like, mm-hmm. yo, partner. This shit takes time. Yeah, yeah. But then, so there's a lack of realization for the steps. Actually, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And then a lot of their stories don't check out. And I tell them, hey, one way or another, or one day or another, you're gonna have to own that. Be ready for that. You know, because right now you can get away with being somebody that you're not. But one day you have to look in that mirror and figure out who you really are, and then tell the public everything. As much as you want to tell them everything of who you think you are, you're going to have to tell them who you really are. And that's the day that I feel gives them longevity in their mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah. it's been a blessing to be able to open doors and truly an honor, and especially coming from someone like you because I'm so proud of what you've done. More Goldmines with Kevin Hart after this. Now more from Kevin Hart on Goldmines. Truly an honor, and especially coming from someone like you, because I'm so proud of what you've done. And every time I see you, the only thing I told him, you know, we was at Walmart together, <laughs> uh, a Walmart event. No, not at Walmart. Not, not at Walmart. <laughs> By the way, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, not, yeah, I, I, it's not like we were at a Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aisle six, and we yeah, bumped yeah, into yeah. each other. We were yeah. at an event. Go Kev, ahead. Kev, Kevin Pitt over at Walmart <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> but we were at an event, a private event for Walmart over in Arkansas, and I always look at things and I'm like, wow, man. Yeah. Kev, myself, and we're in one of the biggest companies in the world, and they've invited us to their event to be able to motivate their people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, we've come a long way, and forever, whoever, whoever doesn't tell you the American dream ain't real, I'll tell them right now, they're full of shit, <laughs> straight up. So I catch him backstage before he goes out to, to, to show me some love and bring me out on stage, and I tell him, Kev, man, you're knocking it out the park because you are, and you're a hard worker, I get it because I relate. I just tell him, hey, man, make sure you take some time for yourself, man, and enjoy everything that you've done because it happened so fast. Mm-hmm. 
man, I remember when you were in the lean back video. It's, it's, you, know? <laughs> you have no... And, and everything that you've done. So the minute they opened, the, they didn't even open the door for care. All he had to do was see like a light through the, through the peephole and shit. He's like, I'm going to get in that motherfucking peephole one way or another. <laughs> and then you kick the door down and now you basically own the building. Well, so congrats hardest, to you as well. It's, and it's the tough. hardest thing to understand now. Yes, right? sir. Like, thank you. But it's the... It's truly one of the hardest things to grasp. And for our listeners, our live audience, et cetera, like, dude, there's so much weight to the words that this man says. And it doesn't come from like hypotheticals, it comes from experience. You get a lot of people with a lot of different perspectives. A lot of people have a lot of opinions. There's not a lot to have experience. So when you have experience attached to words, well, you have a different opportunity to receive and when he told that to me i remember it hit me a little different because i hear shit all the time right? you, <laughs> i bet you do. i hear shit all the time but you're like <laughs> hey man take time to enjoy it and what happens is you look up and you realize you're not really taking the time to enjoy it because you're so focused on achieving the thing and the next thing after and you look up and you're constantly in rotation of achievement and you've yet to put yourself in a space of reception and just settle. And now I'm fucking 44. It's not that I'm 44 and angry or bad, but when he said it, I was like, damn. I don't know that I've possibly sat still long enough to actually take in some of the things that has happened. And the only reason why he's telling me this is because something happened that made him sit down. Yes, sir. And take it in. He's not telling me this because he's thinking that it could be cool. He's telling me because something happened that forced him to do it. And those are the anecdotes that you're able to take away from certain people at different times that you can't ignore. I didn't ignore it. And now, like, the biggest struggle for me is, well, within every job, there has to be a break. I got to be present for the family. I got to yes, be sir. present for the kids. I have to have a reason for my settle. And it has to match the same energy for my fucking takeoff, for my eruption. Like that's the balance that you try to find because we're in we're in an unconventional space. For you, you've discovered something else. Your level of give back is un, is ridiculous. It's stupid. And, and I mean, like <laughs> what you're doing for the community, what you're doing for the younger generation, and the level inconsistency that you're doing it in you have schools yes. uh foundations scholarships etc like you are a man that truly believes in taking your fruits of your labor and making sure that you pour it into the things that you love and believe well where did that come from well let me tell you this much for one like i said congratulations again and out of all the things that kevin does because we all know he does a lot of shit right you're a motherfucking therapist too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be your next gig yes, right there. Yes, I, I'm, I'm digging this talking space, man. This uh, is why great. I'm doing this. That's why I'm it's, doing it. It's therapy for you. Yeah. But with that said, and look, a teacher changed my life. I didn't graduate high school. I went to about like 25 different schools. Like I said, lived in a lot of different neighborhoods. Never been a troublemaker. Just always been around some trouble. And uh, God, he's good. He's yeah. good. He's good. That's like the fifth one. Yeah, yeah. You just got to put them in your pocket. Use them later. Say they were yours. Yeah. I do it. I've they done are it. yours. They are yours. <laughs> and with that teacher, she changed my life because she believed in me, man. She turned to me and she said, I believe in you. So what happened is, I'll give you a quick little story. I was, at the time, it's called freestyling, battling, and you're doing that in school, whatever. Now, since I went to so many different schools, I had a lot of content. I had a lot of things I could say that people didn't know about. 
So the crowds would erupt. We'd be in the middle of the hallways with the basketball courts. And there was a lot of gangs at the time, so they didn't know what was going on, whether it was a fight, a stabbing, a shooting, whatever it is. So she kind of breaks it all up, sees that we're just rapping. And after pulls me to the side, she's like, hey, you do this every day? I said, be honest with you, whenever I, I come to school, because I only come to school during basketball season. Make the team, and then, hey, what was it, peace up, eight time down, I'm out of here. So she pulled me to the side, and she said, hey, you got talent. Fast forward, she gets me an invitation to a DMX video shoot in 97, 98. It's called Ain't No Cats Got Love For Me with a cat named Dragon on it. Wow. Next thing you know, I'm there. One of my, my friends who happens to be very, uh, he could talk a lot of shit. He's good at it. You know? And he's over there talking to the Rough Riders. Man, an X, man, he rests in paradise. He's like, man, fuck that shit. He ain't got nothing on a Chico that I know and da da da. He's doing all of that. So he points at me. He's like, oh, so who you got? He points at me. The guy laughs. He's like, yeah, right. But I'll give you drag on. So I end up battling drag on. Swiss Beats is right there. And Swiss is like, man, I'm going to get a drag. Three rounds, he's going to burn you. His name is he's a dragon. He spits flames. I said, all right. So we end up going about eight rounds. It's not like your, your, your how is it? Hot pop tarts. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. bars and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're talking about my shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Buckets and beef biscuits <laughs> and bars on the grill. That yeah. shit was so funny, but yeah. I felt so bad for T-Pain, yeah. man. <laughs> I was like, man, get pain really spit. referring to chocolate dropper battling <laughs> T-Pain is what he's referring to. You're saying this is a real battle. It's, it's really going pain. down. And eight rounds is nothing. So we got eight rounds, and then Drag spits a verse off of a record called Down Bottom. It was him and Juvenile. The record hadn't come out yet, but the flow was crazy. So I'm like, oh man, he got me. But his people were like, no, you got him. Because he had to go to his written wow. at that time. So Irv Gotti pulls me to the side. And Irv's like, you the one causing all this rocket. Irv Gotti's the one that got Jay-Z, DMX, and Ja Rule to Def Jam. Ashanti, you name it. The guy's huge producer. Mm-hmm. And... And I said, yeah. He goes, so do you write any music? I said, nah, I just freestyle. He said, yeah, that freestyling shit is great, but it don't make no money. Boom. Wait a second, I got to start writing music. Light bulb. That's when it went off. But the teacher was the one that pulled me to the side. Wow. And that day that she was giving me the invitation, she kept pulling it away. Her name is, by the way, Hope Martinez is her name. Hope Martinez. And she pulled it away. And when she gave it to me, she goes, just know this. I don't ever want anything from you in, in my life. I just want you to thank me. When you win your first award, because I believe in you. Wow. Yes, sir. Verbatim. Wow. Now, mind you, I thank this woman every award that I get, and all she tells me is, now you got to stop fucking thanking me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I invest into schools. Yeah. And when I got with a partner, he's the biggest charter public school operator in the United States of America. And I told him that story, and he goes, fuck that. We're going to build schools together. So we had a couple of ideas. We ended up with SLAM, which is sports, leadership, arts, and management. And then he turned to me and said, and we're going to put it in one of your old neighborhoods, which is Little Havana. I had the privilege of it. I visited that one. That's one Yes, you, you guys were doing a promo yep. for, I believe, high school. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. Shaq, we went, Fat we Joe. We went there. We were doing a big promo campaign, and your school was the one that I went to, and that's what I discovered, the work that you were doing, what SLAM meant. But more importantly, I went there, and the kids, the classes, the teachers, yeah. just seeing how well-mannered, respectful, how in tune they were with the Thank system you, that you put in place. It was one of those things where you go and you start thinking like, well, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I, 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 I don't have a school. I didn't even think to do a school. But this man's involvement 
in the community, his involvement in this generation, it's present. And it really, you know, each one should teach one. And that moment, without you being there, mm-hmm. without you being in front of me, it was a moment of clear education as to how big it can get. I'm at one stage of it. But past the entertainment, there's another stage of give back, of like really, really giving this particular machine the oil that it needs to run correctly. Yeah, and let me tell you that. You know, we're up to 12 schools now around the United States of wow. America. And so when people ask, how many kids you guys? I say 10,000. Wow. <laughs> and the, the school in, in Little Havana now is a double-A school going on a triple-A school. I mean, it's been an A school for the last, going out three years, graduating at 100%. These kids are going to major colleges. Wow. These kids are. Thank you wow. very much. I appreciate it. It's insane. But I want to say that it's thank you to the administrators. It's thank you to the teachers. It's thank you to those parents that believed in us. And thank you to those students that put in the work. Because as much as my grandmother thought she was a part of a revolution with Fidel Castro, this is a real revolution. Hmm. To give those kids the opportunity that, because uh, we've all been there, right? And these kids, this is 97% of these kids are on free lunch. They're the ones that needed the most and coming from other countries, dealing with everything that you're going to deal with in the neighborhood. Whether it's dope, whether it's murder, violence, domestic violence, or people that are... In, in our culture, under the radar because they're too scared to get caught and get sent back and deported to their country. As they're dealing with all of that, they're still bringing it through and they're still making history. So I'm very, very proud of the kids in SLAM and more than anything, I'm very proud of any kid or the youth out there that's willing to take the time, put in the work, and not complain, and get the fucking job done. Wow. You know, and it means the world to me, and that's priceless, Kev, to be honest with you. That's one of the reasons why I pulled you to the side backstage, and I said, man, just enjoy it. You know, take some time to enjoy it, because what you've accomplished is phenomenal. And by the way, we could do a school together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just know that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't talk about it. We be about it. Mm-hmm. So we could do that. Or at the same time, we could teach you how to do it, because there may be something else that you want to create a curriculum around. And, but we have that. And the only way you could do it is to feel the dreams. If you build it, they will come. So imagine if I spoke to Kevin about this. The school's been up now 10 years, a decade now. Uh, and I would have told you 11 years ago, I got this idea about a school and I'm doing this and we're going to do that. You'd be like, yeah, that sounds great because you hear ideas all day. But it's different when you go and see that building. Yeah. You see it functioning. It's tangible. You can touch it. You mm-hmm. can feel it. You're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I need one of these in my life. Well, it's extremely inspiring, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, and what I love the most about it is like it's a, it's a true case of there's a, there's a cover attached to every book. And your perception of that cover is one that you create. It doesn't mean it's right. It's just one that you create. And what a, the beauty of Gold Mines is is that you get to really look in the, the, you get to look in the pages of the book. Right. Uh, like the guests uh, that come on here, they get the they start to flip these pages. You go, holy shit, I had no idea. You had no idea the depth that's attached to the individual of Pitbull. You had no idea the level of fucking like infrastructure underneath the machine that looks like it runs on just music. Uh I well, like that. You. That's what I get juiced off of. When you get to really peel back those layers and go, wow, wow, wow. That's where the real energy sources come from. Because then people get to say, oh, man, you can do so much. You can do so much while thinking about the one thing. It motivates the thought for the other. And the businessman that you have become, it's insane, right? It's, it's insane. And, and shifting gears just once again, because we're tapping on so much right now. I want to say at this point in your career, 
Still dropping music, right? Still talking about a single that you just dropped. Excited about it. Still loving the space that you're playing in. As a guy who's a humanitarian and doing amazing positive things with the world of giving back, several business endeavors, investing, etc. What else is it that you want to do? At this point in your career, what are the things that you feel like you have not done, not achieved, or working hardest to do? What else is there for you? Let me tell you. I know it's going to sound crazy at first, but I promise there's some positive attached to it. I like to live that whole life. You know what that whole life means? H-O-E? Heaven on earth. Okay. I, 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 I know honest, you was going to be like, what the fuck is he I, talking about? I'll be honest. I was about to say Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah, yeah. people just took a left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole I knew that I was going to do that. Okay. All right. I knew it was going to be an icebreaker. Okay. I'm glad you, glad you brought it back. Yeah, yeah. It was a... I was so say, heaven we gotta on edit earth. this out. We gotta edit it all out. No, nah, because I run around all okay, the time go, and I say, go. you know, whole life, full life, heaven, heaven on earth, earth baby. Okay. And full life comes from the towners, by the way. Boys from over town, that's what they always say, town of full life. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by it, it's amazing to be able to accomplish the kind of things that we have. But one thing I love to do is run around on a private island with nobody on it in my drawers all day. Cowboy hat on, glasses, and watching all the jitterbugs just run around. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I, I look at that and I go, this is what the hard work is all about right mm. here. Just to watch them do whatever they do and be there to give them advice and fun times and also get wild with them and crazy with them. I mean, because when they get a chance to experience that with their father, they're like, man, you think y'all crazy? Shit, that's like a Monday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On what we got going on every time we get around. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what... The rest of this ride is all about enjoying those moments that you've worked very, very hard for, hence the term why I said mm-hmm. that to you over in Arkansas, being able to uh, watch all of them run around, because if you really think about it, I'm 42, you know, with God's help, you know, I get another 40, 82, Papa, you know what I'm saying? And we know how fast these 40 went. They went fast. Right? And half of it, we were broke. They went fast. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You were jammed up to, I mean, I know I was jammed up to about... 22 That's a lot sooner than me, buddy You know what I mean? It was fucked up over here in my 30s I was, <laughs> There you was go, mad. see? I was, I was blowing up credit machines <laughs> in my 30s Don't run that, don't run that, don't run that <laughs> Oh shit 426, is that what? Me? Yeah, uh, it was bad for me So now where you're at and what you've accomplished and, and I tell anybody this, you know Denzel Washington has this great saying He says, there's one thing I've never seen is it hurts with a U-Haul behind it. Meaning you can't take everything you with can't you. can't take it with you. None of it can wow. you take with you. And even if you look at history, the pharaohs tried to do it back in the day in Egypt. Back, 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 back in the day in Egypt. And they got robbed. Wow. You get me? And they put mazes and everything so you wouldn't find it. So for me, the irony behind life is it's all about moving forward, right? They always tell you, no, we're going to keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And we have a saying in Spanish, it says, pa'lante, pa' arriba, no mires pa' atrás, ni para impulso. Which is forward, up, and don't look back, not even for a boost. Mm. You know, you just stay focused, laser focused on what you got going on. Life's all about moving forward, but ironically, it's all about what you leave behind. And what you leave behind is how people felt about you when they were around you. And let me tell you, man, that was a stand-up person. We all know we've been around some assholes before. You're like, man, that person was this. But when you leave that impression on a person, then, then that, that's a life worth living. And with me and you, you telling me that about slam... One of Pac's lines is, is that I love that he said, I'm not the one that's going to change the world, but I'm the one that's going to spark the mind of the one that's going to change the world. Mm. Feel me? Powerful. Yeah. And Slam was a spark for your mind. Mm-hmm. 
You feel me? Mm -hmm. But going back on your side, like your career and what you've done in that industry, because we know the industry and how interesting it really is, things that y'all don't know about and we don't have to talk about, but it's happening, is a lot of motherfuckers got hot when you started to do what you were doing. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you were out hustling them, bottom line, outworking them. And I tell people all the time, I've never been here to be the best rapper in the world, the number one, and I never give a fuck about none of that shit. My competition is me. When I look in that mirror, I'm asking myself, am I being the best person I could possibly be or do I need to tighten up, right? Another one for you, biggest room in the world, room for improvement. So, yeah, yeah, there you go, bam. It's not bars, it's words. It's words, motherfucker, words. I yeah. gotta be honest, guys. Yeah. He's fucking me up, man. <laughs> I mean, there is so many of them. So many yeah. right pocket, left pocket, back pocket. pocket. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Biggest room. I'm sitting there like a dumbass. What's the room? <laughs> room for improvement. Oh my God. That's the biggest room ever. Oh my God. No. Listen, it's it's insane. It's insane. It's insane to hear you speak in the manner that you're speaking. More importantly, you're simplifying it. See, guys, I'm going to go and I'm going to take, this is a Kevinism. I right, want Kevin, third yeah. person. Let me give you <laughs> a Kevinism. What I do very well is I take complex things or complex perceptions or compounded ideas. I simplify them. Mm -hmm. I break them down to the common denominator and simplicity. His approach to life, to business, to everything is simplified. And if you don't hear that from all the examples that he's given to you, then you're not listening. It's all simple. Mm. You can make it as difficult as you want, but he is going to give it to you in the base layer. I do this because I work hard, man. I just want to do it for me, nobody else. What comes from that is, hey, man, my mom always said, my grandmother told me, these are rituals and things that like I grew up in and I just stayed true to. It's yes, nothing sir. like crazy. This isn't geometry or chemistry. You can make that if you choose to. But look at where it starts from. And I think your growth, man, is dope. Even you talking you. about your transition from what once was like comfortable, casual wear for the culture, for you, to now suits. And your reason for why, because of what you associated with. You aren't told. You aren't made. It's a decision that you made. Everything is based off of what you deem best for you. for you. Where do you get your value from? And how do you come up with the concept or idea that makes you strongly stick a flag in the ground and stay true to it? And, and say, fuck it. And say, fuck it. That's right. Shouts out to Eddie. <laughs> this is a podcast, man, that quickly has become like, one of my favorites. I bet. If you notice, I did a lot more listening than I did talking because what you have to say is extremely valuable. Thank and you. I hope the listeners did the same, man. I hope that you did a lot of listening and I hope that you took away some of the same things that I did. I want to leave it, though, with something dope, man. I'm big on fucking like flowers. I'm big on face-to-face -face admiration. I think you're dope. Thank you. I, and mean, I, well, I don't I think you're it. dope because of the money you made. I don't think you're dope because of the fame that you achieved. I think you're dope because of how vocal you are and how transparent you are. 
appreciate that. That's the definition of dope to me. You don't hide your information. You don't keep your gems to yourself. And I can only hope that this younger generation that's following in the same space and place that you have done and operated in will listen and learn and hopefully take some of the advice. Hey. Hopefully. That's, that's all you can do, right? That's all you can do. Hopefully. That's all you can do. You know what? Luke taught me one. Here's another one, by the way. man. <laughs> You know, because I used to be a firecracker. So being being a firecracker, I always be like, Luke, what's the next record? What are we gonna jump on? Where can I go? What do you need me to do? You want me to go get your sandwich? You want me to go, you know, because you're trying to get in the game. Yeah. And he stopped me one day, he said, Man, what? Uh, if you take the word listen and scramble it up, what is it? He called me Chico Suave. What is it, Chico Suave? I said, man, you take the word, listen, scramble it up. He said, I don't know. He said, silent, motherfucker. Shut the fuck up. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> so you did a whole lot of listening today, I'll tell you that much. I damn sure did. And I'm, and I'm glad I did. That's what this is about, yeah. man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gold Mines. And on this podcast, we get inside the minds of amazing individuals. And today was no different. Goddamn, what an amazing mind this was. Thank you. This was Pitbull. Show him some love, please. Yeah. Oh, my God. Gold Mines with Kevin Hart is a Sirius XM and Laugh Out Loud radio production. Executively produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, Mike Stein, Brian Smiley, Eric Eddings, and Eric Weil. Additional production from Elise Ellis and engineered by Marcus Hamm.